0: Wow, isn't that wonderful? All my life you have been faithful. My friend, I want you to know that uh, that's the beginning of today's new series. It is the goodness of God. Well, if I were to say to you about a, a childhood prayer that, that maybe you prayed as a kid and maybe you still pray it, it goes like this. God is good. God is great. What? Let us thank him for our food. And if you continue that on, it talks about the goodness of God. Well, here's another one. Here it is. God is good. What do they say out there? All the time. And if I say all the time, you're going to respond what? God is good. Well, you know what? Uh, That is so simple and we know that. But you know what happens often in life is, is we might forget that. We get in the routine of understanding that, but we don't take time to say well let's let's remember that how good has God been to us how wonderful is he as we we honor him and that's the beauty of this series here so I pray I don't know of a message that I preach that's probably more important you'll see why in a moment than this message in a long time. It is a reminder on this holiday weekend. So as you get together, some of you I know are traveling in your car right now and you're listening to us uh, uh, online. I want to say thank you. Some are in your living room. One lady said a moment ago on Facebook, pancakes and preaching. It can't get any better than that. So Trish, God bless you as you enjoy that. Others of you I know are at the beach. I know a lot of people that are at the beach. i Matter of fact, we had some that drove in this morning because they're part of the worship team that drove from the beach to be able to be here, and they're going to they're going to go back. What a great sacrifice they made in order to be here. And others of you, of course, are are doing whatever it is that you're doing, and and say we got to have church, and so it's uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful time. Well, do you believe that? Do you believe that that God is good? Do you believe it when? Uh, when you're in pain and, uh, when, uh, you're depressed, do you believe it when you're filled with anxiety or do you believe it when you get some information that doesn't fit very well for you or you're really upset or you're really angry at somebody? Do you still even think about the goodness of the Lord? And do we believe that? Well, if we believe scripture We're going to find the answer right here in Psalms 100, verse 5. The Lord is always good. Say that with me. The Lord is always good. He is always loving and kind, and His faithfulness goes on and on, get this now, to each succeeding generation. You know, if you have small children, I want you to know, teach them about honoring God and and acknowledging His goodness. Because here's what he said, because of the seeds you planted as a mom and as a dad and as a grandparent, that that goodness of the Lord follows your children, your grandchildren, and your great-grandchildren. Why? Because you planted those seeds in their life. We believe that scripture. Do we understand it? Well, what happens when we begin to lose focus? And there are four major things that I want to share with you that says, boy, You're going to get in trouble when you begin to not focus on the goodness of God. Here's what it means, that there must be some malfunction in your life, in your spirit, man, or in your head, or in your emotion that, that my friend causes you not to focus and to say, God is good all the time. We're in the midst of, God is good all the time. We know that. You see, individuals understood understood the goodness of God. And one of the ways to keep us on focus is found in Psalms 34, verse number 9. Here's what it says. Worship God if you want the best because worship opens the doors to all God's goodness. When you just say, I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice all my life you have been faithful. When you worship God in spirit and in truth, it says that God favors falls on that person. So worship opens up the goodness of God in your life. Do you believe it? Say amen out there. I can hear y'all. And then not only that, what happens when you forget God's goodness? Well, let me give you number one. Here it is. It says when you start claiming credit for things that God has done for you. When I start claiming credit for the things that God has done for me, I'm going to be in trouble. In Luke, the uh, 12th chapter, there's an individual, you remember him. He's a very wealthy man. In today's economy, we used to say he was a millionaire. But in today's economy, we would say, well, he was a billionaire. And I want you to know his crops always harvested big. And the reproduction of animals and all that he could have, it's like everything that he touched seemed to turn to blessing. And one day he began to survey and began to look to see all that he did have. And he said, well, I've got to build bigger barns. I've got to expand my territory. I've got to be able to control all of my wealth. And so I'm going to do that. And I've got to create a strategy with which I've got to I've got to create a strategy with which I've got to determine how I'm going to manage all my assets. Look what I've done. A genius I am. And other people would come by and pat him on the back, et cetera, et cetera. And then all of a sudden a voice, a voice that came from the presence of God, because God saw some things that that man did not see in his own life. And he said, thou fool. This night, your soul is going to be required of you, and I'm going to give the things that you consider favor to someone else who appreciates the favor and the goodness of Almighty God. You say, wow, that really happened in Scripture. What do you consider the greatest sin? Well, let's talk sexual sin, immorality that's there, or, or abusing one another. Well, not, not considered the greatest. It is sad and bad. But here it is: Prideful? ingratitude. Wow. How, 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 how do you figure that? Well, let's look at the consequences of a couple of individuals. One you've read about, one you know about, because he's around you all the time. Prideful ingratitude. You see, prideful ingratitude is the very reason that Satan was kicked out of heaven. Pride built up in his life. He wanted to be like God more than God. And as a result of that, that prideful ingratitude, he thought, I'm the most beautiful of all angels. He was booted out. Wow, that's pretty serious sin. And then you remember old Herod, Herod of course, in Acts the twelfth chapter, we, we read the story again right out of the Old Testament. Herod of course comes out one day in his regal robe and I mean you, you talk about he's got it made on easy street and, and it's amazing. He stands there and he gives, he gives a speech and I, he is so eloquent. He is just waxing with strength and, and great persona. It's about him and the people said they shouted, that is the voice of God. He's more than human. Herod stood there, and here's what the Bible said, because Herod gave no credit to God. The Lord sent an angel to strike him down with a fatal disease, and he died. Now, let me pause right here. We might think that there are some greater sins, but listen carefully America, this wonderful Memorial Day weekend, is still the greatest nation on on the planet. America owes its blessing and its favor because of God's hand in our country. Because there are still a few people who believe that we ought to call on the name of the Lord. Because there are still a few people who think prayer is still important in schools. That there's still a few people who believe that his name ought to be mentioned in the hallways of justice. And because there is a church, though we may not be meeting in our facility right now, we are meeting online around the world in churches just like us. Why? Because we are not forgetting God. Because we know that our future and the healing of America physically and spiritually is based on God, we give you the glory. You have been faithful. You have been good. So I want you to just take your time and look around wherever you're at right now. I want you to take a look and say, God, have we we been grateful? And maybe before you, you dissemble and you go your way for the day, maybe you'll take a moment wherever you're at. Maybe you'll take a moment... In the middle of that living room or in that kitchen and say, God, we pause and we say thank thank you for that. The problem, I read this, the problem with a self-made man is that he worships his maker. You say, well, that's not me. Have you ever heard somebody say, uh, I'll tell you what, we we have all these things because I work like a dog. Or I want you to know I did that with my bare hands. I want you to know, family, because we saved and we scrimped and all that goes with it, you guys have what you have today. And we're going to celebrate because we worked hard. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. Do you know how long it would take God to just pull his blessing away from you that your hands didn't work anymore? Do you know how long it would take God if he decided to allow A debilitating disease to affect you adversely mentally. Do you know how long it would take? I watched my house as a kid burn to the ground. Everything we had was in it. One moment we had clothes, two hours later we had nothing. That's how fast or even faster it can happen. That's why this message is so very important. You see, Romans 1, 20 and 21 says, since God created everything, say amen, people have always been able to see the goodness and the power in nature. Well, we know that he made everything. You walk outside, occasionally Sharon will say, come on, take a look at the moon. Now, I'm not a moon watcher. I want you to know every time I go out and and look up at the moon, I I have this strong desire to howl, so I don't go out that much at all, but she likes to do that or she likes she likes her little flowers and all that goes with it you know I I don't know she'll I don't know hardly one flower from another and and uh, but but she does but you can look at nature now is it that that ocean stays where it's at how is it that that moon comes up just right how is the sun is right there it is amazing you know what happens it's god's power and his love for us, you see, the design of the world is a direct result of the designer, and his name is Almighty God. Paul writes in Romans one twenty one. They know God exists, but they do not give Him credit for all He's made, and they're ungrateful. Their thinking becomes confused, and their hearts fill up with darkness. And they think they're wise, but really. They have become fools. What do you think about that? It's all because we slide into a thought process that we begin to look at ourselves as a creator, as the blessing giver, as the one who gives the favor as opposed to taking time. And that's what Paul says, that the people of that day and even today in our culture, he said, they're blind They've forgotten that you can't get your next breath because of Jesus Christ giving it to you. Paul writes in 2 Timothy 3.2, as the end approaches, because he said it is an indication of the end times. And so he said, if you watch how people are ungrateful, notice what he says. And as the end approaches, people are going to be self-absorbed. Hello? Money hungry, self-promoting arrogant, profane, rebellious, and ungrateful. You know, I heard people say, well, Pastor, you know, I tell you what, I'm really enjoying this online stuff. And I mean, I don't even have to get dressed. I can sit with my coffee and enjoy it. I tell you, it really going to be hard, going to be hard going back into that sanctuary and getting everybody ready. Oh, is it? Is it? Is it? To know that the blessing of God Says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together on the Lord's day to come as a congregation to worship Him and to give Him honor and to encourage one another. I don't think it's going to be hard at all. I think it's going to be a great big celebration. How do you feel about that? Say amen. I know that you are. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 4, 7, what do you have that God hasn't given you? And if all you you have is from God, why do you act as though, (laughs) this is so good, why do you act as though you're so great and as though you accomplished it all on your own? So we come to this conclusion: everything. Say that with me. Everything, everything, comes from Him. Here's the second thing: when I stop asking God for help. Well, we're big boys, you know. I we we're self-sustained. We we you know we we've got it. Well, be careful now. So let's just follow this path a little bit and see what happens. When you stop asking God for help, you see, when you come to the realization, get this now, how eager God is to help you and how good God is, is you start depending on yourself and you stop asking God. God, you, you know what? I, uh, I'm, I'm not worried. Matthew 7, 7, asking it shall be given to seek you. And a fine knock on the door will be open. He says, you have not because you ask not. God wants us to know. Just mark this down. God wants us to know he wants to do everything for you. He doesn't want his child hurting for anything. He wants to serve you. He wants to bless you. He wants to love you. Well, I tell you what, I just kind of give God the big stuff. And you know, the big stuff, other other than that, I won't won't have to call on him. I'll take care of the little stuff. You know, I, I just give him the big stuff. Let me tell you something, friend. Here's what you need to know that we need to understand. Everything to God is small. The things you think are big, it's small to God. What God is trying to do is saying, I want you to get into the habit. I want you to ask. And when we settle our mind and we pray our often little rote prayers, you know, prayers that that have no real intention or are not specific. What God has said: Pray to me for specifically what you need. Don't just pray, "Oh God, I need you to." You know, my. He said, "I want you to pray. You need financial blessing. Ask me for that financial blessing." You need me to help you deal in a relationship. Listen to my word. Let me wade in and help you deal in that relationship. It builds that kind of trust. So is your trust greater today than it was when you first gave your heart to Christ? Or is your trust greater today than it was a year or two ago? Often children, those of you that have children, follow me on this. When a baby is born, a little baby, um, they're crying, but they they don't, I mean, they just came out of the womb and they're so young and, and, uh, and, and you check them, don't you? Well, it's feeding time or let me check the diaper, you know, to be sure the little precious perfect one hasn't, you know, got a dirty diaper and you check and you, oh, it's feeding time again. And you put a little monitor in, in the bed in their room, you know, oh no, that baby's not in their room. That, that baby's in our room in a bassinet there with us. And you check. But over a period of time, here's what happens. That baby learns because that baby learns and cries when it has a diaper that's soiled. That baby gets hungry. That baby cries when they get hungry, that baby, when the baby's tired and needs a nap, that baby will cry. And when that baby cries, here's what happens: Mom and dad come or some caregiver and they check that diaper. Is it feeding time? You know, is it, what, what do we need to do? And the baby learns, if I want attention, if I need help, that baby learns to cry and maybe yell a little bit. You see that relationship and that child comes to the understanding that now when I do cry, Mom and dad are coming. They're going to come. I can't express it because I can't talk, but I just make that noise. Mom and dad come. That baby learns to trust mom and dad. They're going to come every single time. That's in a healthy home, that is. They learn that. You know what God says? God says, I want you to have that kind of trust in me. I don't want you to get to the place that you don't think You need to call on my name. I don't want you to get to the place that you become so self-absorbed that you forget to call on me. And here's something else I want you to do. I want you to remember my goodness. When there are challenges out there, I want you to look and say, look how many prayers God has answered. Look how the Lord intervened in that situation. Look how the Lord went before us and And took care of that situation before we we ever got there. I found that when we do pray, that God rarely answers our prayers immediately. Usually He wants us to wait just a little while. He doesn't necessarily answer them and say, well, He didn't answer when I needed Him to answer before. So there it is. You know what you teach your children, or you should teach them, is, hey, no and not yet are two different things. And sometimes God says, I want you to soak in prayer. I want you to keep asking. Sure, I could answer that prayer immediately, but it's good for you to pray, it's good for you to trust and know that at my appropriated time I will answer that prayer. But we get busy and we run here and there. And here's what happened: God has to put a chokehold on us sometime and say, you need to slow down and you need to learn to pray first. I had a friend of mine lost his cell phone. Any of you out there? you know, raise your hand, lost your cell phone. Matter of fact, some of you probably don't know where it's at right now, but he lost it. He's a busy pastor. He'd get 50 to a hundred emails or texts a day, huge church. And in fact, when he lost it, he uh, thought, what am I going to do? So what do you usually do? If you lose something that valuable, the reality is you go, uh, you go to your office and you just tear the office up. You're looking high and low and trying to find it. Some of you, you know, it's car keys for some of you. And uh, you tear, tear the office up, you can't find it. If you have a chair in your office, like I've done many times, that chair spent more time upside down than it has upright because I'd lose my one and only key that they give me around here. And so he couldn't find it. He went home and went to his den there and Looked and went to his bedroom and looked and went every area covered that house. He understood from stem to stern couldn't find it. And I mean, grumpy. He got grumpy. He went to one of his staff members and said, let me use your phone. I got to have a phone. And so for a couple of days, he's still looking. He goes out and just tears his car up and just goes after it. He cannot find it. And I mean, he's exasperated. He's missing calls. It slowed his life down. It has created an angst for him and frustration. And it was about 11 o'clock one night, two days in. And he said, The voice that I recognize said to me, How come you haven't prayed and asked me to help you? He said, Here I am, Wayne, pastor, preach, lead. And I was so aggressive and so busy, I'm going to find that cell phone. You know the story. I'm going to find that cell phone if it what? If it kills me. And then that voice. Why haven't you asked me? Are you at the place in your own life that you're so busy? That you're so engaged, that your blood pressure is so high that... There are things in your life you just, you're nailing it down yourself and you haven't even asked God. He said, it just really convicted me big time. He said, I love to play the piano and I got right down my piano at the bench. My wife has a baby grand and I knelt there and I said, God, I'm sorry. I need you to help me find myself on. He said, I play the piano some, and he said, occasionally I'll sit and play, and he said, I'll take my cell phone if I feel anointed and just trying some new keys, and I'll turn it on and just record what I'm playing. And sometimes, he said, I'll I'll send that recording to my music ministry team and said, hey, this is a great tune. I felt like the Lord gave it to me.' and you all put some words to it, put some lyrics to it. He says, I was seated there and playing the piano. And I thought, I'm going to get my cell phone that I borrowed. He said, I got up. When I did, I looked over behind where the music sits. And there was my cell phone. Not 10 minutes after I prayed, I sat down. And I thought, all my life. You have been faithful all my life. You've been so good to me. Listen, friend, the Holy Spirit is right where you're at right now. He's good to us if we take time to call on him. And we come boldly in Hebrews 4, 16, let us come boldly to the throne of our God, who is a gracious God. And there we will receive his mercy and find grace to help us when we need it. David in the Psalm, Psalm 69, answer me, Lord, out of the goodness of your love. Number three, I get in trouble when I stop trusting God in difficult times. Well, I would think if it's difficult times, it'd be I just trust God. Not if you're in the habit. Not if you've gotten so busy doing it your way, it's become a habit, a ritual in your life. You show up and you salute to God and you curtsy to Him when it's really, really big. But He says, I want my goodness to be evident in your life all the time. He says, we're more aware of how God really is, it would be automatic. My friend said it would have been automatic. Had I been in the habit of really leaning on God, the minute I lost that phone, I would have said, God, I need your help here. I cannot find my phone. He said it would have been automatic. And he said, that's the message of the word in this particular point. He said, I want you to be so in tune with how much God loves you and how wonderful he desires to bless you. I want it to be automatic. God, you see that situation in our family? We need your help right here. God, you know right now I need you to move in a special way in the life of one of my kids. You see, Psalm 16, 1 and 2 says, Protect me, God, because I trust in you. You are my Lord, and every good thing I have comes from you. So God, in my trouble, in whatever it is, if it's a migraine headache, and that's a big deal, God, I need your help here. Someone said to me, D, this morning, said, my brother just found out that he has cancer. It's before six o'clock in the morning, and we're standing outside, and I said, let's stop right now. Let's pray. Let's believe God. Why should we wait when God can enter to that place where that man is at and begin the healing process? Now it's not going to do you a whole lot of good if you're on the interstate like some of you are, you know, today running maybe uh, 85 miles an hour in a 70 mile and you look up and you happen to see a state enforcement officer coming behind you. Let me encourage you, don't waste a prayer because you deserve getting caught. But here's what you can pray like I have prayed. God Give them mercy. Give them mercy. And you know what the Lord has said back to me many times? You don't deserve it. Amazing. But when we pray in that moment, we trust him. So the psalmist says, protect me because I trust you. And then David followed him. You know, we can have joy even in our troubles. Why? Because God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. Paul wrote in Romans eight twenty eight, and we know that in everything, everything, that God works for the good of those who love him and are called according to his good purpose. That, that is everything. And so here's what else I found that we need to remember. That when we fail to be grateful to the Lord, then here's what happens. We become pessimistic about the future. This is a good one right here. So some of you need to scoot up and listen up right now. You will become pessimistic about your future when you forget how good God is. Hope is based on the goodness of God. Hope is based on the goodness of God. If God isn't good, there is no hope. Psalms 27, I would have despaired unless I had believed that I had seen the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. There would be no hope if God were not a good God. i become pessimistic. And when you face a challenge and you forget the goodness of God, and things line up adversely in your path, unless you've learned to pray about everything, Unless you reminded yourselves to write down and journal, look what the Lord has done. And it's a, a reminder that you can read. Unless you've come to the conclusion that I'm willing to put everything I have on the altar, keeping and saving, nothing. Abraham, where's your son? Bring him and put him on the altar. That's everything. It was the life to the future. But I'm requiring you be obedient, Abraham. And so, in fact, he brought Isaac and placed him there. This is what he's saying. All the hope and everything that you have, God has done for you. But here's what happens. When those things line up and you haven't been grateful, when things line up adversely and you haven't been consistent, things line up and you're feeling pretty good about yourself, you know, and you look, you become, when things go awry, you become pessimistic. You begin to look at things in a different, listen, none of us deserve to be here. None of us deserve to be known as redeemed. And if our name is written down in the Lamb's book of life, being a pessimist ought to be the last thing in the world that we engage in. That even when the great trouble and you get upset and disturbed over things, don't be a pessimist. Don't follow the rule of anger. Don't follow the thing that upsets you the most. Run to God and let that hope that's only found in Christ Jesus be found in you. It's giving God through the spirit of gratification. God... This is what I need you to do. This is what I would like for you to do. Many people, many people believe, well, God, you're not answering. I'll go ahead and pull the trigger myself. Many people have gone through a second or a third divorce because they jumped the gun. God, I need a mate. I need a companion. I need this. And you jumped the gun and found anybody that's got a beating heart and said, I do. And when that turned out sour, You and your family and everybody that knows you paid the price. Pessimistic. May we remain positive. Most of the problems in life come from our inability to understand delayed gratification. We haven't done it. Lord, you're good to so-and-so. Look at them. You haven't done it. Do you know one of the great, one of the great Deterrence of Facebook is people look at Facebook and see where everybody is and what they have and what they're doing. your thing, and I don't have anything. It creates. It just creates a spirit of pessimism because we're not happy for other people when they show that they're having fun or they've got a boat or they've got whatever the case. We get difficult, and God steps back and He says, "If you get your eyes off your problems and you into the worship." And begin to worship. He takes away that spirit. He takes away that anger. He takes away that frustration. He takes away that desire for an unmet need. And He begins to fill us with love. And then understand this the more God blesses you, as you stay in tune to Him, the more, the more. He desires to bless others through your life. The psalmist in Psalms 27. I'm still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart. Wait for the Lord. May I encourage you to appreciate the goodness of God. This next week. Count your blessings, name them one by one, and give him honor. Well, I'm going to pray for you now. Next Sunday, we're going to talk about, next Sunday morning, we're going to talk about worry and why you shouldn't worry. So I I pray you'll certainly be online and call some of your friends up and say, don't worry. Pastor's going to give us the answer next Sunday morning. Be a part of that. Now, I would say in the sanctuary, if you were here, everybody stand. You don't have to do that. But the reality is I want to pray over you because we're all guilty. Did I tell you that this might be the greatest sin? It was what caused the enemy. The devil got kicked out of heaven. It caused the death of Herod because he didn't give God credit. Well, it's a pretty big deal. So may we, let's ask God to forgive us now. Can we do that? Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you because I know that without you, we are nothing, and we can say that, but we need your help. We need your power, we need your wisdom, we need your presence. I admit all my life you have been faithful, but I haven't. All my life you've been good, but I haven't. And so, God, just to think that you would reach down and choose to bless an imperfect vessel. Is amazing to me. As we look around our home and we look around our property or where we rent or whatever the case, we come to the realization that we have far more than what the majority of the rest of the world has. And on this wonderful Memorial Day weekend, we're going to praise you for those who have suffered and died so we can be free. And we're going to pray for those that we know that might be in the military. And we're going to say, God, I'm grateful for them. And as we enjoy tomorrow and whatever it holds, the day of celebration and maybe fireworks, we see a flag, we salute, we say, Thank you, Jesus. I pray you would help us. But maybe there are some that are listening right now online. Wherever you are, you know that you've not been honoring God with your life. Your life's been filled with disobedience. You know that stubbornness. You've been living a cold and indifferent life. You know that, boy, howdy, nothing's happened yet, but you've been afraid that it might. And you've been afraid if it did happen, that threatens your life, you'd be lost. I'm speaking to someone right now. God just rang your bell. Well, I want you to know he desires to forgive you, but only if you ask. So I'm going to ask you to just pause with me for a moment and repeat this prayer. Everyone in your your family room, in your den, in your kitchen, in your car, if you're able to speak it out loud, speak it. If not, say it in your heart. Here we go. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus Christ. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I want you to know that I'm sorry and I beg forgiveness. I'm not afraid because I believe right now you have forgiven me. So here's my life, here's my heart, and everything I have. I give you praise for and I say thank you I thank you for my home for my family I thank you for my job I thank you for my country bless my country in Jesus name Amen friend celebrate enjoy the blessings of the Lord and see what God will do as you lift Him up. Here's what will happen. When praise goes up from those who honor God, it will bring miracle after miracle. Let your heart be blessed one more time as we join together with this song. God bless you. Come on, let's we'll sing this this morning. Your goodness is running after It's running after me. Your goodness is running after me. Running out, running out to me. me with my life laid down and surrender now and give you. Okay, come come let's raise it one more time. This Your goodness is running out. Your goodness. Your goodness is running out. Thank you for tuning in. Join us this coming Wednesday for our next online experience. Have an awesome day. I hope the truth of this message is already starting to set you free from whatever burdens you have been carrying. The truth is, is that God really is good all the time. And he's for you. If you've decided to follow Jesus during this message, congratulations. You just made the most important decision of your life. Take a moment to post a comment from wherever you are watching the service or call us at 863-859-6000 and let us know so we can celebrate with you and help you through the next steps in your faith journey. Thank you again for joining the service today. We'll be online again Wednesday evening at 6.30 p.m. You can stay connected all week long by following us on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. Have a great day.